0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchen from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Boots from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. <laughs> Hey friends, got MJ from the coaches panel. I hope you're well and enjoying the continuation of our way through the 50 most relevant for your 2022 fantasy footy season. Yep. We're talking super coach, AFL fantasy dream team, your drafts. We put all the elements and ingredients into a big melding pot to deliver who I think are the most relevant players worth having a conversation about this fantasy footy preseason. You've seen it in the title for some, you're like MJ. What are you doing? Why have you even picked this bloke? You're a Muppet. You've lost the plot in 2022. And maybe that's fair. Others you're going. This is probably the best value ruck of the year. Why is he so low in your 50? And I think for that very reason is why we need to talk about Jared Witz joining me on this episode. If you've been a longtime player in the fantasy footy community, you're very familiar with his great work across a number of different platforms. Now focuses a lot in the draft space, but still has some great wisdom to share for salary cappers. I got McGrath on. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, MJ. Thanks for the invite, mate. Uh, happy to be here. It's good to have you back. Well, Jared Witz is a name that for a number of years now has floated around the ether of premium level performance, never quite enough to crack the top two and and kind of remove the Grundy Gorn R1 and R2. But now, coming off the back of this ACL, which we will certainly talk about, he's got coaches thinking he's the value pick at R2, or maybe even R1, if you want to go full ruck crazy value in 2022. Still just the 29 years of age, and last year, even though he only played two and three quarter games last year, he did deliver a ton for us across the formats. It was a 110 in AFL fantasy and dream team against North Melbourne in the same game, a 115 in supercoach, both pale in comparison to the ceiling of what he does have. In 2019, it was a 154 against the Giants in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 152 against that same side in Super Coach. He's got an average of 86.3 in AFL Fantasy and 87.3, but McRath, will talk about in just a moment, the good news is for coaches... He's not priced at that range for us, which is encouraging. Where he is priced is considerably discounted on what his history does show. 380,300 in Supercoach, just over 570,000 in AFL Fantasy, and just a touch off, 590K in Dream Team. And, McGrath, when we look at that G, not Gw, it's that Gold Coast side from last year, it was that round three match against the Crows at Adelaide Oval. Not only was... The preface, you know, there was the the precipice of the disaster of their year, wasn't it? Wits goes down, they win what was probably a winnable game again against the Adelaide Crows, and pretty much from that point on, everything went pear shaped for Gold Coast last year, didn't it?
0: It really did, and you could see in the in the team selection that every week from then it was just a makeshift ruck. They yeah. refused to pick anyone in the uh, the mid season, uh, and that carried all the way through to the end with the Jess. Uh, and uh, the other guy, Caleb Graham, as well. Hmm. So I think they can't wait to get Jared Witz back on the park.
1: Yeah, look, an inspirational leader for that club for the past couple of years. I know externally, some are going, when's Miller getting the captain's in? He may well get that soon enough. But Jared Witts definitely in the four walls of the club is a highly valued leader internally. And while we did only see two and a bit games of football last year. There's something that we did see that should give coaches, as we try to forecast into this new year, something to think, or maybe he is that value guy I should look at. An 83 and 110 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in rounds one and two and was probably on track for another 90. Had it not been that injury-impacted game early, to, probably more mid to late of that third quarter. He was on track for that with a 66, an average of 86, but as we've already alluded to, he is priced with a discount. Supercoach, a 75 and a 115. And then that injury-impacted game of 72 and an average of 87. And we'll talk about rucks, what's happening in that ruck division. Kane and I did that a lot in that first episode of the 50 Most Relevant, talking about what that lowering of our rucks has done in terms of scoring across the board. You can go and check that podcast out wherever you choose to listen to this one. Obviously, after this episode wraps up. But we did see this lowering of Ruck scoring across the board. And even though he wasn't great last year, we'll talk about his career stats in a moment. But even if he can get to around that eighty-ish mask, you know, mark for us, McGrath. That's more than adequate for us, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. I think you've just got to consider him. And and look, that overall ruck drop, it's relative, right? It, it's generally across the board. So. You know, yeah, he might not get back to the, the ninety range, but we may not see two rucks at one hundred and ten. We may yeah. you know, we only we saw the next highest was ninety four after Gorn last year. That all may drop slightly again. So if you think, okay, he's gonna get up to eighty, mid eighties, that's not all that far off from, you know, the top three rucks.
1: Yeah, it it's the same ideology almost for for a Riley O'Brien, albeit Riley's a little bit at a higher price point, and as a result, has to go higher because what we don't need is, you're right, we don't need Wits to go 90, 95, 100, 105. He can. We'd love it if he could. But at what we're paying for him is a guy in that mid-60s sort of range across the formats. A mid-80s, a 20 points per game bump, it is more than adequate for us. But if he can get back to what he's done at Gold Coast, then, man, we do have ourselves a winner. Since joining the Suns in 2017, um, he's been on fire. In Supercoach, he's averaged 94, 89, 99, and 93 before the start of the 2021 season, while in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 92, 93, 104. And, and an adjusted average, which I hated doing those because it's just never a true reflection of what a game would be. But just to give us a ballpark feel, it's an 80. So it's a little lower there for us than than in contrast in the other formats. And yeah, he's coming off at at the back of an ACL. And we'll talk about some players that have done that in just a few moments. But he's got value of 20 to 30 points per game of proven performance. And McCrath, there is this notion, or maybe even if it's a myth out there, and I'm keen on your thoughts too, as a long-time salary cap, let alone drafts, of the, well, if you don't go set and forget with your rucks at the start, you're, you're failing from the very beginning because you're going to need to get there anyway. But I don't think that's the right mindset to enter into a season, is it?
0: No, I think the days of, you know, locking in uh, Cox and Sandy is, <laughs> is long gone. Uh, and I think you said just before we started that Matty Flynn was actually objectively the best R2 to start. Yeah, he here. would have been. Uh, and this year it may very well, well be Jared Witts, uh, unless a, a really fantastic cheaper guy arises but i mean if you look at the guys around him he's in the same price point as mark pitnett who doesn't have a you yep. know guarantee is the number one ruck of the blue no. peter wright a second ruck at the dons Andrew yep. Phillips' job security is not that great yeah you can go an extra 40k and get peter laddams in fantasy but you know uh, all signs
1: same question marks i suppose isn't yeah, it yeah
0: forward split he's at the swans tom hickey's number one there you yep. know so he's cheaper than all of those guys and offers the potential to, to make you hundred, 150, which is a valuable point to, you know, upgrade to by which point we'll know who is the second best ruck. Um And you know, there's question marks over Gorn, there's question marks over Riley O'Brien, over Sean yeah. Darcy, all the way down to him. So, you know, if you've got question marks anyway, might, why, why not start cheaper? And then you can jump on the guy that truly emerges once we know more.
1: Yeah. And he's not going to lose you value barring a reoccurrence of some form of injury that we cannot project for where he's priced in that mid sixties. He's going to get you halfway there on hit outs before anything else happens in and around the ground. And so objectively, even if he holds his price point, it's not great. I'll give you that. It's not great, but if it gives you that opportunity because you have those con- concerns that you've alluded to right there from everyone probably outside of Brody Grundy, you could build a pretty compelling argument around. Well, now Wits, it's going, well, at worst, I'm holding and I'm getting a look. At best, I'm getting maybe jagging a couple of premium scores and somewhere in between, I'm just getting some nice cash generation and I'm also getting a little bit of an opportunity for a look and see to see what's going down through there.
0: Yeah, I think so. And and you alluded to it then. And one of my my things when I'm doing my draft rankings or whether yeah. I'm in my fantasy squad, uh, not so much super super coach, but the same same mindset. You have to look at everyone. So you can't mm. just go right. I like Grundy, uh, which has value. I'm going to go lock lock it in. You've got to have a plan B, and you've got to look at everyone in between. Uh, if you're a conscientious coach, you have to really consider all of those. So if yeah. you're going, no, oh, there's a lot of question marks over Wits, I'm not going to bother with him. Look at the 10 guys above. I can mm. rattle off question marks on Lysett who's got a young guy called Sam Hayes at Port. Yeah. Who's going to, you know, start to share and rotate that ruck. Goldstein, who's in fast decline. William yeah. O'Brien, does the Crows, you know, game plan suit him or does yep. it not? Is he going to get back to his original trajectory? Roa Marshall, don't even get me started. <laughs> Sean Darcy, this is the first <laughs> time we've seen Sean Darcy, Darcy perform well. He's 23. Yeah. He's going peak until 26, 27. Um, and there's only been one, you know, Brody Grundy do that, go on. Yeah.
1: three.
0: So he's just as likely to re- regress, you know, was it a blip? Sure. Um, there's, there's risk there. And then the Gorn and Jackson thing as well. We saw in the grand final uh i think we'll see that slowly improve and that split increase uh, mm. across 2022 so if you look at it as a block there you're like oh well maybe you know if they all have question marks you know the value tips it over yeah um, as long as we don't you know get anything big screaming don't pick him you know if we can avoid red flags yeah. from uh Witz, then maybe he is the best r2 maybe he is you know the best ruck to look at
1: mid-draft Yeah, I think that's really, really good. And there are some flags that if you're going, well, what are those flags that McGrath's alluded to? I think I've got them for you and we'll talk about them in a moment. But uh, let's come back to that ACL injury because there has been a ton of research and reflection about how players come back recovering. Look, the club haven't been really outspoken about his recovery just to this point. But again, internally... Both Jared and the club are really confident that he's going to get some internal preseason games, the unofficial practice matches, and then the one community series game to be on track for round one. The club and Jared certainly believe that's the case. But when you do look at some of the key position players over the past handful of years and Ruckman specifically that have had ACLs, What's the fantasy footy impact the year that comes after that? Look, Max Gorn's had an ACL, but to be fair, that was well before he broke out. So it's probably not a great contrast. Similar with Sam Draper, Ivan Solo, and even a Sam Naysmith. None of these guys have been in the upper or even mid echelons where they've scored to go, okay, this is a fair contrast. We could have done... Um, guys like Tex, John Patton, um, who have had big injuries, even a Jeremy Howe, but they're not contrastable players in styles and ranges. So what I've done is I've gone back and look at Nick Natanui, who I think is probably the most well-known Ruckman over the past five years. And what was the impact of the injuries to him in 2016, before he had his ACL injury in Dream Team and Fantasy He was averaging 84.5. He missed all of 2017, but when he came back in 2018, he averaged 80.3, so uh, four points per game drop. In Supercoach, he was a beast and still is, to be honest, in that format too. Um, He was averaging a 105.8 before, but in 2018... After that injury, he averaged down to a 96.6, so a drop of six points per game. Now, he has done a second ACL. For those that are curious, I don't think you can then justifiably add this starter on, but just for the sake of a full perception, he then redid his knee in that 2018 season that we've alluded to and some of those averages there. From the three games he did play in 2019 before finals, he averaged 72.3, which is a drop of about 12 points per game from that 2016 year. Now, granted... That's nearly three years of football. So a lot's changed. So you don't want to hold on to those stats too tightly and down to 93.6 in Supercoach. So both are dropping away. The the more, and no one should be surprised by it, the more significant ACL injuries the body has, the more we do see a decline in you hitting your ceiling. Um, So is it a contrastable exact science? No, it's not. Nick Nat and Jared are very, very different Ruckman. But it does probably give us some indication that we'll likely see some clipping of what his scoring could be. But that's not my big concern about Jared. I have two. And you've already alluded to one of the guys there, and I'm keen, McRath, on your thoughts about how does this work? They brought Mabiatrol into this lineup. He's not leaving a grand final potential side to go to Gold Coast only to just be a depth player. He's going because he wants to play regular AFL footy. So I suppose the question is how do these guys all work together in the same side? I think
0: my short answer is that they, they will and they have to coexist, right? Mario Charles not wouldn't have signed up thinking he's going to be the number one ruck. No, uh, he would have had an understanding that he may have to shoulder the load early while Jared gets back up to speed, and I don't think anyone's thinking that Jared's going to hit the ground running in round one no. if he is named round one and he is fit, um, which are assumptions that you'll have to take uh, into round one unless you know we hear otherwise. Yeah, um, but I think Shoal, you know, he won't be taking fifty percent. I think Jared Wicks is at his best when he is the main ruckman. Agreed. Um, but the sun's clearly identified a need for ruck support yeah. uh, and a second ruck as well for Ben King up forward a uh, second tall yeah um, so i think it ultimately will be the that guy who splits his time what that percentage is 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 as good as anyone's guess 20 30 40 um, but ultimately i think wits will settle into the season with a, a slow start but hopefully by mid season he will be at the point where you've got confidence and in him for the rest of the year or uh, you've made enough cash to to jump up, like we said earlier, to the second ruck.
1: Yeah, it's true. Look, from a buy round perspective of where you can run him up to, he does have the round 13 buy. So, again, not only does he give you a chance if things go well, um, but as McGrath's alluded to is, you know, giving you that chance to look and to wait and see. He does let you go right through all the way up to it. And then this is a narrative that might unfold. Patrick Ryder, injury, misses some games. All of a sudden, Rowan Marshall, who's got that round 12 by, the only reason people probably aren't locking him away is going, well, he's role-sharing with Ryder. But if the narrative, and this is obviously a hypothetical narrative, is of Marshall who is holding down Ruck 1 in clear isolation, well, maybe you don't have to go the Grundy-Gorn-O'Brien-Darcy approach. Wits up to the bye. Jump on Marshall and away you go. That's absolutely a narrative. In terms of that early ruck run that you've alluded to, of who they've got. Round one is up against West Coast, so it's going to be a busy game uh, for him against Nick Natanui. Gorn and Jackson for Melbourne is the next one. Round three is the GWS Giants. Round four is Carlton and their Ruck merry-go-round. But let's be honest, it's probably DeConning um, if all things are going well and, and equal. Then it is round five, St. Kilda, and then we'll wrap it up at round six, it's Brisbane. So, so there are a couple of damaging games early, but then kind of the back end of those don't scare you too much. So you, you're right. I think Choles and the split is going to be the thing to watch. The other thing for me, that's a, a cautionary tale for coaches bullish on him is he builds Jared, that is not you. Uh, he builds his scoring heavily through hitouts, mm-hmm. like 30, 40, 50% sometimes in, in games. And, and most ruckmen are, are fairly heavy in that department too, all things being equal. But what we did see in 2021 is a drastic regression of hit-outs on average. Now, some would go, oh, that's because of the emergence of people playing two rucks, but was it really? Like outside of St Kilda, West Coast, and Melbourne? No one was really running two ready made known rucks. So between 27 and 19, I'm not using 2020 data because it's a shortened game and it's just not fair to do that to Jared. But between 27 and 19, he averaged 38, 39, and 45 hitouts per game. That's a lot of hitouts. Last year, just four players in the AFL in the rucks averaged over 30. It was Grundy and Gorn with 32, Nick Nat with 31 and Ryder with 30. So even at his best, he's getting you 30 points per game in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, scoring different in Supercatch based on those hits out actually going to advantage, which can then obviously spike up drastically. Ooh, that means we're banking on 40, 50 odd points from other lines and other areas. Now, that's, those are the areas of concern for me, is what does Chal do? How much time through that center bounce attention does he lose? Does the regression of hit outs continue on from the trend of 2021? If those two things are bad news for us, you can't start wits. He, he's, he won't be good enough because I think there's another really couple of good, well, not couple. There's one really good value ruck that's considerably cheaper if he locks away that number one team spot in his team. So for me, the t- the red flags that you should be looking for with wits is this. What's the split with Choll look like? And how heavy is it? And what is he how is he looking when he moves across? Does he pass that eye test of is he running? Is he tackling? Is he athletically getting involved in the game? Because McCrath, he does look a little like a dinosaur when he moves around, but he, yeah. but, he but he can cover the ground.
0: He does he's, he is like you said he's very different to the likes of Nick Nat. Yeah. He just sort of lumps around but he just gets the job done. 2020 was the exception and I watched him closely and you could tell that he was laboring all year. He was on one leg at points. I don't know yeah. how he played 17 games but he was you know he was barely getting the hitouts he was getting you know 20 most weeks um, and you know he he got one ton, two tons the whole the whole year adjusted tons at that. Um, but then 2021, he came back and he was he was doing well. He was on track to possibly another 90-plus average. Yeah. Um, but if we take off the regression with the ACL, if we, you know, lose a few points with Mabiyo Chol, um, give him a month to get up to speed, maybe, you know, maybe he might max out at 75 next yeah. year um, on way, on route to his eventual return. Um, and, you know, 75, is that good enough? Possibly not. Yeah. Um, so it all really hinges on, you know, the knowns. Once we get to the end of February, what we do know with the split, with yep. his health, uh, and then, you know, how much belief you have in him versus those guys around him. Um, and then, the, you know, the answers to those questions will ultimately tell you whether you really need to pick him or yep. whether you go with another option.
1: Yeah. I, I love that idea that you've picked up on this potential slow start And it could incrementally grow, both in terms of time on ground, center bounce attendances, but obviously just confidence in his body. And so there could be a world where he bangs out 70, 70, 80. And he's averaging that awkward range at his price point where they go, oh, is this enough? Do I drop him down to a Prus? Has a Max Lynch done enough to prove he's the R1? Um, Or or is there been an injury to a premium and now they're going, oh, this is my way? to to just secure the set and forget rocks. And so he could find himself in that awkward range. So definitely for coaches, it's got to be, what is he doing? What are those percentages? Looking at that center bounce attendances, looking at what Scholl does, and, and then knowing, heading into the bubble range for at the end of round two for super coach and dream teamers, or before the price drastically moves in AFL fantasy, what are those elements that you need to be seeing and the variables you need to see to be able to move off him in if you do start him? For me, I don't have him anywhere yet. But there is absolutely a narrative and there's got to be some things that go his way. He could be one of the best value rucks for us in 2022. He, he could.
0: Yeah, and that's that's ultimately why he is where he is and your, your 50 most relevant. Um, I think you're, you're crazy if you don't have him in the conversation at the moment. Yeah, at uh, I know least. Roy from the traders has him at R2 um, and, and there will be a lot of hype and belief that that is the best option at this stage. Yeah. Uh, the truth is that you, you probably just need to wait and see. We really yeah. won't know and you won't be locking that in. You're crazy to lock that in yeah. uh, until right. really a week before round <laughs> one almost. Um, and for drafts, yeah, let's talk trust. Found it really hard to rank him. Um, I could have him as high as the eighth ruck. I could have him as low as the twelfth or fourteenth ruck on risk. Um, you know, the the good news on that front is that mm. there'll always be someone that's really keen that'll draft him on average or draft <laughs> him on hype. Yes. So, you know, you may not have to look at that question. But if he's there at the appropriate time and I, you know, you grab him with Choal as a backup, you know, he's not he's not bad value. Um, and he will be better value than
1: some others yeah it's true do do people draft on name do they draft on pre-season hype from salary caps at this stage of time of recording afl fantasy is the only format officially open to the public certainly for um, gold and assistant coach subscribers Dream team and super coach is open and available but 30 percent of coaches in afl fantasy classic are on jared witts So it's a rather high percentage of ownership for rucks. And so in that format, you're seeing a lot of coaches going, like what I see, if those coaches transfer that into rucks on draft day, if any of that top four, five, six rucks are off the board, they panic, they need a ruck. I see people jumping in the late single digit rounds for wits, which is way too early for me. But there's a world where coaches will panic. Um, It happens every year is they go, oh, there's no one left. I don't want to get stuck with a Draper or a McInerney late. I could get Mr. 90, so I'm going wits in the seventh or eighth round. And it's madness. Look, at, maybe it pans out and it works for you, sure, but um, only hindsight turns out. But there is no way based on data and trends you could pick Jared Wits that early on draft day. If he's there late, there's no risk. Um, so for me, I'm fascinated. I think you're right. Those range of where he goes on draft day, could be anywhere from a crazy panic early through to people just fade him late because he's coming off the ACL because of Chol, because of all those risks that we've flagged out in this episode. And people might just be a little concerned to go near him. Hey, McGrath, I appreciate your work today on the 50 Most Relevant. You've been a superstar as always, my friend.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, your time and the invite and I uh, look forward to chatting again soon.
1: We certainly will. If you want to go and read the article about Jared, it's online now for you at coachespanel.tv as are all the other players that have revealed so far. We are getting close to cracking into the 30s of the 50 most relevant. If you're loving these podcasts, uh, leave a five-star rating and review wherever you're following this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Make sure you do That's one of the ways you can help support the coaches panel and others. Join our Patreon supporter group. There's tiers that are perfect just for you. Some as little It was just 3 bucks a month, exclusive content, access to hidden groups, podcasts galore, including getting these 24 hours early, cash prizes and a bunch of other stuff. All the links to join our Patreon supporter group are at coachespanel.tv. So tomorrow we crack into number 41, the second last of the 40s. Who's at 41? Well, our Patreons already know. But this guy was one, of the big names that move clubs during the trade period. Okay, that now probably narrows it down to about two, to be fair. But is he relevant at his new club? He's shown premium tendencies before. But in a new club, in a new system, does that mean it carries on the trajectory? Is it business as usual that this guy will become a premium for us again or ever in 2022? or? Will the new club change him? And he's not going to be relevant for us. Who is that player? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.